Um, we're continuing part three of Lord Have Mercy, and this kind of was a springboard from our study in Galatians that, that I got caught up on uh, God desiring mercy over sacrifice, and it's not about our own sacrifice, but what he's saying is, I desire um, mercy and love over the sacrificial systems and the, the, the religious acts and the duties and the different things that we do to try to, to, to try to make God happy with us or whatever. I desire you to love people. It was, it was what he struggled with with the Pharisees when he was trying to get them to see it too. And he would tell them, Tracy, can you throw me that water? I'm already getting dry. Um, no, we don't have to throw it. Uh, uh, it, it was, it's, it's God's heart for us, but it's also Paul's heart for the Galatians because that's how they started and then they were trying to finish in something else and they had people trying to convince them of something else. But especially for the Pharisees, because they were so steeped in the old, in the old system and, and what they knew as what they thought was the best way to do it, and it was their own way of doing it with all the different laws and different things, that, that uh, they were really frustrated with the way Jesus was doing things because his, uh, his paramount, um, like overarching theme of his whole ministry was love, was genuinely caring for people. Not just this idea of love or doing things so that God's happy with you, um, but genuine caring for people, like really, really going out of your way to love people, so much so that, uh, that he met them even where they were, and he said, look, they were trying to attack him, and he said, look, go learn what this means. I desire mercy over sacrifice, but they didn't, obviously. <laughs> and so a few verses down, they come back and get onto him. They're trying to catch him for getting some grain as they were walking through on the Sabbath. And he was like, if you guys would have just went and, and done what I told you, you would understand what, what I'm trying to do here. I desire relationship over religion, essentially is what he was saying. I desire um, for you to care for people. And what's cool about that is if they would have seen it, it goes all the way back to the Torah of what they knew. They could have went back and found it because he said it all the way from the beginning. Look, and, and God had some pretty harsh words for those that had just caught up in the rituals and didn't really care for people. And he told them all the way back then, go love the orphans, care for the widows, do these things, and love people. He was saying it from the very beginning. And so this is, this is, and we know that Paul didn't go talk to all of his Jewish leaders and friends. He spent time with the Holy Spirit before he started his ministry. So all of this is God's heart through Paul. Does that make sense? This is, this is not Paul. This is not Saul. <laughs> this is Paul. This is the new guy. This is a new person who has is, who is basically given up everything he had ever worked for. And I thought about this this morning even while I was studying. Imagine, I know some of you guys are going through school and medical things and different things in college and and, and, and can you imagine going through years and years and years and years in college on a specific subject or something that you're, you're determined to do and then find out at the end that you've, you've, you've been wrong and you've wasted all that time? I mean, imagine that. Think about that for a minute. That's basically what Paul did times 100. <laughs> he thought he was doing the best thing and doing the right thing and steeped his whole life in it to the point of persecuting and murdering Christians. I mean, he was sold out, as sold out as you can get sold out, but what does he say? I count it all loss, right? I, everything that I thought was so important is like this big compared to just knowing Christ. And who is Christ? He is love. This Holy Spirit that we talked about this morning, it is love. It is caring for people. Um, what I didn't get to last week was the message version of the scriptures that we're reading in Galatians 5. And I'm going to read that because I think it's really awesome. Um, if you haven't read some of the message Bible... Uh, I started reading it as just like an addition, additional paraphrasing, and I still use a lot of different versions. I kind of gravitate more towards NIV just because that's what I cut my teeth on when I was 20 and I got saved. 
Um, I switched to Holman because that's what Mark used to preach, and now kind of gravitated back towards NIV because that's what I remember from, from the beginning. But once I started reading some of the message and actually did the research on Eugene Peterson and saw everything that he did and the studies that he did to actually get this wording the way it is, this, is, this isn't, wasn't a light, this wasn't a, a, a very simple thing that he did. It was very serious, and he took it very seriously. Um, but the, 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 the colorful writing is what I appreciate. And so I'm going to read back what we talked about last week. I don't have time. I'm not going to go through the whole thing because I can never finish anymore. <laughs> so, but I do want to read this part because it's so good. And you'll remember a little bit of what we talked about last week. And this is the same thing they're saying, but it's in, it's in uh, words that are a little more colorful that we can understand. Um, and Galatians 5.16 is where we start. And uh, <clears throat> he says, my counsel is this, live freely, animated and motivated by God's spirit. How beautiful is that? Animated and motivated by God's spirit. Verse 19 says, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of, trying, out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition. All, listen to this, all consuming yet never satisfying wants. And can you remember the days when you were lost before you got saved? Man, that, that resonates with me. A brutal temper. An impotence to love or be loved. Divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of, de- of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Man. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. Ugly parodies of community. I could go on. We talked about last week. This isn't an exhaustive list. This was just some examples. There's many things that we could go on about and many personal things that you guys could probably test, testify to. Verse 22 says, but what happens, listen, this is so good, but what happens when we live God's way, which meaning when we live in communion with the Holy Spirit? What happens when we talk to the Holy Spirit and we listen to the Holy Spirit and we walk out this thing, this gift that we've been given? What happens then? He brings what? gifts into our lives. Much the same way that fruit appears on an orchard. Fruit happens, right? Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. I love that, not needing to force our ways in life. Now, the first thing we do, what's the first thing we do when we read some of this? Because it's good. Don't we want to be like the second thing, not the first thing? The first thing we do is, okay, I need to jot this down, and I need to come back to this, and I need to learn this, and I need to learn how to do this more. Isn't that what we usually go to? That's what I went to, and I was like, I need to remember this. I need to like post it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Do that. But there's a difference here. The first one is emphasis on trying, and the second one has emphasis on gifts. And, it, and it's directly reflective of, of the text in NIV and ESV and all the other ones, is, is we work ourselves up to try to do things in our old selves. And that's what he's separating, his, is our old fleshly desires and our new covenant and our new body and our new life in Christ. He's trying to show them these things, okay? How, how many of you love going to the dentist? What? Okay. I hate going to the dentist. Um, but how many of you have ever had a real bad toothache? It, it, 
you can't get away from it. <laughs> That's the only way I could describe it. When, when I was talking to somebody about it, I had real bad toothache, and it hurt so bad, and I couldn't get away from it. I had to make an appointment, and we had, had teeth pulled and that kind of thing. And I remember, um, I remember going to the dentist <laughs> to have the teeth pulled, and they numbed it and everything, and, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm trying to remember how he said it. He said, all right, well, it's this, this, this. It's not going to be that bad. You'll just feel a little pushing. Like, it'll feel like I'm pushing on your teeth. And he said, like this, and he did it, and it, like he was pushing my head. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. But he said, was that okay? I was like, yeah, it wasn't bad. He was like, yeah, it's just like a little pushing, and he did it to the other side. It just it feels like I'm pushing on your teeth. And it did, and I was like, yeah, it's uncomfortable, but it wasn't that, you know, it doesn't feel that bad. And he was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I was like, what? What? That's not professional. <laughs> you tricked me. But <laughs> what he was doing is he was just trying to make me feel comfortable, and he pulled both my teeth without me even knowing it. How many of us would want to go backwards and go, okay, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want, I don't want to be surprised by something good. We don't, we don't want to do that. We want to be pleasantly surprised, right? In the same way, that's what he's talking about the, to the Galatians. He's like, look, you've got the best thing ever. Why do you want to go backwards and get caught up in some old mess to try to get you know, straightened out again? It's kind of like that. Does that make sense? So he's, he's like, look, you guys started in Christ. You know his love. You know what's most important. Now you're trying to add on some things to it. And all these things are going to do is, is make you forget the core of who you are and why you are who you are. And you, and you don't want that. And it's a problem in the church today. Why? Why is that a problem? Because we lean on our own understanding. And it... A lot of it's inadvertent. I don't blame people and I don't blame pastors. They mean well. I promise. I know they do. And I know many of them that do mean well. But a lot of times we get caught in this, this cycle of trying to fix everything ourselves and try to, try to make things right by our own understanding. And you guys always know I'm preaching to myself here too. I think the, the thing that is other than my other beef with divisions in... in uh, in denominations, which frustrate me to no end. Um, the thing that I think is keeping the church from just exploding, especially in the West over here too, um, is this, this, this lack of leaning wholeheartedly into the Holy Spirit. Now, it's easy to say, but believe me, I, I believe, I really, really believe if we begin to see this and do it, we're going to see some things happen. I, I it's like I can already see it because I see it in Scripture. This isn't just like a, this isn't new ideas. This isn't, this grace thing is not a clever new trend that we jump on because we can do whatever we want. And I've had discussions with people and they're like, well, you know, you've heard me say it too. Well, people think grace is just a license to sin. They just think that grace is to come so they can do whatever they want. Well, yeah, <laughs> they, they should do whatever they want. What do they want to do? That's the core of it. But also... Uh, the people, the people you say, um, take grace and run with it, and then and then send up, you know, just go do a bunch of dumb things. Those people really don't understand grace because grace is Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit. Remember the flowchart: God, <laughs> Jesus, Holy Spirit. You don't get grace without Him. <laughs> it's not, ooh, flowers and butterfly grace. It's Jesus Christ. He is grace. Hello. <laughs> This isn't, this isn't a, you don't get to pick, pick what you want. You get, a, you get the best of everything. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I could go on about that, but I want to get to this. All right, where did I stop? 23, uh, 
Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. That's what I was talking about, trying to pile this on. It only gets in the way. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindless responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good, crucified. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads, we've talked about this, or a cinnamon in our hearts. <laughs> cinnamon in our hearts. <laughs> Don't hold it as cinnamon in your hearts. But... <laughs> Do we have any cinnamons? Okay, anyway. So we, uh, don't hold cinnamon in your hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. Every detail of our lives. That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were, was better or worse than another. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. I love, that's why I love Eugene Peterson's version of this because it really it comes to life, doesn't it? Because there are giftings that you guys have that I don't have, and, and same between you all. And we don't need someone who is a powerful intercessory prayer warrior to be out greeting people necessarily, because it may intimidate them, <laughs> to say the least. And we don't need a greeter necessarily, you know, you know what I'm saying? There's introverts and extroverts and these different, different kinds of things. And, and, and I think that there are places that we can all come together and, and help each other. Now, even having said that, there's a little back door to that, too. Don't put too much emphasis on your personality type because I was an introvert. <laughs> so be careful with that, too. Lean in the Holy Spirit even for that. But having said that, he'll show you your gifting, and, and we want to help you do it. Uh, one of the things we didn't announce this morning that I want to tell you, and I'm going to somebody remind me at the end of the service to remind you again. We, we got this thing that, that, that we have. We're going to put it online, too, if you just want to click. But you can fill it out. And it's kind of like a... Like a um, and I know I'm skipping right in the middle of my sermon here, but um, it's important, and this is why we do what we do, is because I want, I want to help you guys live out this awesome life that we have. Part of that is I want to see where you guys um, are gifted. And so it has little areas that you can check off of where you feel like you're gifted. It's real basic. Um, we, we, we basically copied it from another church, <laughs> and it was a lot longer and a little bit different, so we modified it slightly. But here's why. This is the reason I want to do this. this is, don't take it lightly because... What we're going to do is we're going to put it, we've got awesome people that can put it like on a spreadsheet and graphs and everything. It's going to help us target what outreaches we do. Does that make sense? So if we have so many people that are gifted in these areas, okay, we need to focus on some of this right here. Does that make sense? We need to focus on this. And if there's some that aren't, you know, there's fewer over here, we need to get with them and get them together and do an outreach there that they can, they can operate in their gifts or within the church or outside the church. Does that make sense? So... We've got two of them back there on the table. Uh, well, we have a, something to fill out and then something to, to put it in. And then I'm gonna, we have a clickable one that I'm going to put on our Facebook page that you can go through, go through and click. And it's pretty cool, too. We tried it out, and you send it in, and it, it automatically comes in a place that we can load it into a spreadsheet. It's pretty neat. Technology. It's an amazing time to be alive. Anyway, so, but the reason, the reason I said that and the reason why we do this is because we're all different, right? We're all gifted in different ways. But what does that mean for the bigger picture, for the grand scheme of things, it means that our grace gifts need to be multiplied. These gifts that we've been given are not just our own. The Holy Spirit gives them to us, and he manifests them through us. And so if, if we don't give you some kind of outlet for that, <laughs> that's, that's, that's our responsibility. That's the leadership of this church's responsibility to give you a ways to live out who you are. And I think it's ex extremely important. Do you agree? 
Okay. Um, a little side note. So what he, he's, he's trying to remind them of their old life, new life. Their old life's been crucified. Your new life is in Christ uh, with, with new attributes, new characteristics, fruit. These aren't things we, we try to figure out and work for. These are things that we discover as we continue to grow in the Holy Spirit, renewing our minds. These things are gifts from God himself through the Holy Spirit. We just continually commune with the Holy Spirit and renew our mind to this new life. This life doesn't work like the old one, <clears throat> the flesh. And it may feel counterintuitive at times because we've all at some point been trained uh, to work within a natural system, but you have a living, breathing helper and a counselor with you always. This isn't, this isn't something that we have to figure out all the time. We have someone there to help us. So there's times when we go, I don't get it. I don't understand. Trace and I have talked about it. What, about, what do you think about this? I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. My kids ask me questions sometimes. And I go, I don't know. I don't really need to think about this and pray about it because I'm not sure. But we have this Holy Spirit that can come in and show us and lead us. And what's cool about that is this Holy Spirit doesn't just live within us. It lives within other people around us. And it also seeks to manifest itself in other people as well, and it draws people to him. And I don't think we give it enough credit. Um, So this is Paul talking again. I I, want to ask you, and this is just just in your notes if you want to write, if you are a note taker, are you talking to the Holy Spirit? Are you listening to the Holy Spirit? Um, The reason we don't lean on understanding is Proverbs you know, in Proverbs, you don't lean on our understanding, but uh, or we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our understanding. In all our ways, we submit to him, and uh, he will make your path straight. And so, as we talked about, when we submit to him, we're not, he's not, we, we know he's not some cosmic killjoy, but he's not also some cosmic uh, uh, vending machine <laughs> that we're trying to trigger this little bit for him to give us what we want. We submit to him because he knows better than we do because he's outside of time and space. Um, but this is Paul talking again. He's talking to the Corinthian church. and he's same, same frame of mind, same thoughts in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 9. He says, for, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. With me. Everyone say, with me. So he worked harder than everyone else, and his grace to me was not without effect. Why? Because he was with me. Paul did not get to the grace of God and just sit on his hands and do nothing, right? This is where we run into some... some I think a bit of misinterpretation with grace and understanding who it is and what we do and why we do it. Um, grace from the very beginning of this thing, when Tracy, I, Tracy and I prayed about this before, you know, we were deciding if this is something that the Lord was calling us to do or not or how this was going to look or how we are going to do it. One of the things that I remembered was thinking about how grace has affected our lives and what we've done within this body of believers. And I remember um, thinking about how, how grace is just like the wind at our backs and it pushes us into our, our true identity in our lives. And so, so grace doesn't come, and I heard a, a pastor say this, it's like, it's like running at rest, <laughs> which sounds kind of strange or a little, or a little uh, contradictory. But what it means is we, we no longer, and, and as I say all the time, we no longer have an excuse. We no longer have an excuse of why we can't go do the things that we're called to do because it's not on our, in our own ability. It's the Holy Spirit in us that does it through us. 
So now this grace comes and it rests on us and it gives us rest. Okay, thank you, Father. We can rest in that. It's not about us. It's not about what we do and don't do. It's not about, you know, these commandments and these laws and different things. It's all about relationship. It's all about love. Now, here's where it changes. It doesn't change, but it changes who we are. When, when we receive it and we know who we are, then it, it doesn't rest at that point. It begins to stir in us, right? Okay, when it stirs in us, it's looking to do something in us. It's looking to create boldness in us. It's looking to spread itself out around us. I know that because I've experienced it. This isn't something that I just learned through Scripture necessarily. This is something that, that I've felt. And so the Holy Spirit comes and he gives us rest in him. And we know who we are and we're confident in who we are. But there's a reason why. He doesn't just say, okay, now just sit on your hands and don't do anything. Paul says, no, I worked more than anybody else. And I count all of my school and all of, all of my, everything else that I ever did, I count it all loss. But he's going to push forward. Why? Why does he push forward? Why does he work hard? Is it so that God will be happy with him? Is it so that he'll be approved by the people around him? No. He does it because there's something in him that is driving him, that is leading him, that he's submitting to. This Holy Spirit that we talked about at the beginning of the service is, 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 is so integrated, it's like DNA, it's so integrated in the new you that we, we can't function and we can't do things without it. Is that, it's, it's like it's locked in. And so what's so important here is as we submit to it, he'll begin to, like I said, don't put too much, too, too much faith in your personality. He may change that a little bit or a lot. But here's the cool thing. Every time the Lord has, has encouraged me and prompted me to do something, a lot of times, and you may have had the similar experience, the devil will come back and say, you can't do that. No. What are people going to think of you? This kind of thing. Even last week when I was like, I need to say this. No. <laughs> it's always in response to what the Holy Spirit's telling me. It's always secondary. The Holy Spirit prompts me to do something. The enemy comes back and says, no, you can't do that. And then I have to go back to the Holy Spirit and go, well, why can't I? I'm confident in who I am. I'm not worried about what these other people's opinions of me are. What's more important to me? And so I begin to move and function in a relationship and a communion with the Holy Spirit, not just reacting to what the enemy's telling me, not just reacting to what people think of me or what people are saying even about me or even my own opinion of myself. That's why he said don't. He never said abide in your friends or abide in other people's opinions. He said abide in the vine, abide in him. Know who you are and the fruit begins to just come out. So when, when Paul's working, he's just producing fruit, man. He's just running around popping out apples. <laughs> he's moving and he's doing things, but it's almost effortless because it just happens. But listen, in the same way, this, this Holy Spirit that has me so confident at rest, and I was praying in my office, I, you know, I, I could be completely fine at home just laying down, but that wouldn't benefit you guys any. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm still completely loved and completely confident in who I am. And, and I don't doubt that, and there's no, there's no, but there are things that I need to do that, that make me who I am with the Holy Spirit in me. Does that make sense? So when you begin to walk out this thing, things begin to happen. And what's cool about that is it's almost like little light bulbs begin to pop. Whoa, whoa, this is cool. I can do this. I can really do this. Why? Because I have someone with me. And I know I'm kind of being, I'm repeating myself about the Holy Spirit, but I just think it's really important. So if you have this relationship um, this revelation of, of, of grace, and this is what I, I wrote this down just as a note. 
if you really think you have a revelation of grace, of the grace of God that leads you to laziness or, or anything like that, that's probably a doctrine in your head that's not the Holy Spirit at work in you. That's why I don't, t- I don't, I don't even argue with people that come to me with that. It's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you feel that way. But that's not true. That doesn't happen. The Holy Spirit doesn't move in and say, don't do anything or go do things that won't benefit you, that are bad for you. You know, how many times have we talked about in here, God created you. He knows what gives you joy. He, he knows what makes you happy. He knows what's, what's beneficial to you. And what all sin does and what the enemy does is try to get you to, to do some kind of temporary thing that you think is going to make you happy when God offers you eternal joy and eternal purpose, eternal everything. And so any doctrine or any thinking or anything like that that anybody comes to me with about grace and how it's just greasy grace or anything like that, I'm like, well, you don't get it. It's not, that's not what it is. When you get the Holy Spirit, when you get Christ who, who is grace, it changes you, period. Amen. Crucified. You're done. This is a finished work. Are we a process up here? Yeah, we are. That's why it comes out this way. Holy Spirit speaks to me. I listen. I talk to the Holy Spirit. God, what are you saying? See Jesus, see Holy Spirit, that flow chart. Remember that flow chart. <laughs> God, what are you saying about this person that's really getting on my nerves? See Jesus, Jesus, see Holy Spirit. Oh, <laughs> e, I see, right? Lord, <laughs> I don't have patience in these situations. I really get frustrated. I have a lot of anxiety here. God, see Jesus, Jesus, see Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, Okay. Listen, he will calm you down. Amen. <laughs> and I speak from experience there. Listen, he will wake you up. When, 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 you, when you do begin to, to either fall into some trickery, some false doctrine, some laziness or whatever, he'll awaken something in you and go, okay, that's not me. And he's not convincing you of it, right? He's showing you who you are, who you were designed to be from the very beginning. From your mother's womb. I'm telling you, I was, I was the, the quiet kid. I was the angry, quiet. I was the angry, quiet kid that was mad at everyone for really no reason. I was just angry, and uh, I was nervous. I had so much anxiety. We we had to speak even in school one time in front of people, and I, I thought I was going to throw up. I mean, I was so shaky and just like panic attack kind of thing. Yet here I am. But not because of me, but because of the Holy Spirit in me. Listen, we weren't, we weren't after some position here. We weren't seeking to be the pastors of this church when everything began to happen in this transition. We didn't know. We didn't, we didn't know what to do. We sought the Lord and we said, what do you want to do? What are you doing? What are you doing? And this is what he told us and this is what we're doing. I only say that not to emphasize me, but to emphasize the Holy Spirit working in you and what you do because what you do is just as important as what I do up here, if not more. Because this is, this is easy sometimes in comparison to actually one-on-one relationship building, which is what we want to do as well, but one-on-one loving people, caring for people, these kind of things. A lot of the outreach opportunities we have, that's why we do it. This may take five years, ten years to build relationships with these people, with these, these different ministries, and we've tried to keep it down to about three or four because we're, we want to be realistic. But at the same time, we're in it for the long haul. We're not, we're not here. We don't, we're not going to be a flash in the pan and, and get everybody excited and then just bail, okay? 
We're here for the long haul, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna create opportunities, more opportunities with ministries within the ones that we know and people that we, we've talked to and we feel like is, is part of what God's calling us to do, and we're going to continue to build those relationships, and we're going to continue to minister with those people, right? Which is going to break down those, those denominational barriers, I hope, which is going to help us lean more into the Holy Spirit, I hope, and it's going to help you guys live out what you already know, who you are. And you're going to have less anxiety, and I'm speaking this right now. You're going to have less anxiety. You're going to have less frustration. This is not going to be a burden. This is going to be fun. I know I'm not talking very excited because I'm kind of tired, but I'm telling you I'm excited. <laughs> I'm very excited about this. It's going to be good. So, let's see. When we combine our, our grace gifts, we benefit, we benefit, and the world benefits around us from a fuller picture of who Christ is. Amen. Like I said, we're like puzzle pieces. Listen, that, that, I didn't even think about that, but that kind of makes sense. The same the image I got of us walking out these doors was like, I imagine it like a, or the, the image that, that God was giving me was like a zipper coming together, but it was like puzzle pieces fitting together. And I think part of that is us working together and using each of our gifts to come together and show the world who Christ is through us. And every single one of you are important in that. Every single one of you are important in that, even if you think you're not. Wow, listen to that. Even if you think you're not. Right? Because the Bible tells us he's even above our own conscience. <laughs> he's even above our own opinions of ourselves. Because guess what? That's an opinion. He knows the truth about you. What does God think? Jesus, Holy Spirit. This is cool. There are people on this planet that have never seen Jesus, but guess what? They get to see him through you. That's, you want to talk about miracles? Man, I want to see legs grow, and I want to see, I want to see uh, people healed. But even, even above that, I want to see people loved. I want to see people know who they are in Christ. I want to see people reconciled. I want to see people see Christ in you guys and fall in love with them the way that you did. That's a miracle, trust me. They can know he loves them through you. He can convey his love for them using your mouth. <laughs> How cool is that? I mean, that's exciting. He can convey his love through your business, through your wallet. through your hobby. Christ can do whatever he wants. <laughs> but the cool part is we get to be a part of it. Don't miss the opportunities. We prayed at the beginning of the service to seal in our hearts the truth about what God thinks about us for a reason. Yes, it'll bring joy and peace happiness to you. I promise it will. But it's, it's bigger than that. It'll begin to manifest itself and you'll see much fruit from it. We just have to open our eyes to it. Stand up with me. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. But listen guys, I'm genuinely, so genuinely overwhelmed with 
all of you, everything that you guys do in here, it's, it's so cool to see. I mean, even greeters, we, 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 we don't think as if greeters is not an important thing. I, I was uh, doing some research, I think middle of the week last week, and then even this morning, it was something like the first uh, 11 minutes someone's in a church, they realize if, if this is the place for them, if, this is, if, they, if they feel loved and if they feel like, like this is a good place. In 11 minutes, listen, it's so important, our greeters, that, that, that I mean, they are crucial. And they love people. You know, this, we don't take it lightly. And you guys probably have no idea some of the intercessory prayer members that come up here every week and pray for you guys and pray for this church. You have no idea. Or some of you do have an idea because I just told you. You have an idea. <laughs> but I, I, I'm constantly reminded of that through the week, and it's so encouraging that even in my life and as I begin to pray for people and talk to people and have these really deep conversations with lots of you guys and even other people, all your faces pop up. It's pretty cool because all your faces pop up. And I think, man, just like this person, da da da, we'll talk about a conversation. Just like this person, oh wait a minute, I know this guy that does this. And so, um, the more we get to know you guys, the more excited it is for me because the more life I see and the more examples I can use when I talk to other people. And so, uh, in the same way, I want to encourage you guys. Switch sides some Sundays. <laughs> I know it's kind of scary. <laughs> We're not going to tip over. But we can, we can move around. And I'm me the same. I, I gravitate to that spot. I don't know why. I just like, like I need to see here. I, it's just weird sitting somewhere else. But I want to encourage you occasionally, like mix it up a little bit. I mean, I know we greet. We all love each other. And we're a small church. But at the same time, sometimes it's an interesting perspective. We talked about, and I said I was going to stop and have you all standing up. But y'all be all right. I talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago um, at, the, at the worship night, but it's interesting because it goes right along with what I'm talking about, it being led by the Holy Spirit. Several weeks ago, I don't know how many because I'm not good with time. Everything to me was just a few weeks ago. I don't know when it was. But I, 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 uh, I preached a sermon that I thought it went really well, <laughs> got really good feedback. You guys, like, encouraged me and, and all these things. And then even afterwards, I got text messages, and I was... I was like on cloud nine all week. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was one of those things I was like, hey, I'm doing a good job. Um, and it was even awkward when people were talking to me about it because I was like, I wanted to be humble. But then I didn't, you know what I mean? Like I was like, yeah, thank you. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. But then I don't want to be like over, like I was overthinking everything. But at the same time, that whole week, I was still encouraged regardless. Whatever it was, I was very encouraged. Well, so much so that I was just, I really, really had studied into this like clever way that I was going to, I was going to get up in the drum cage and do something. It was going to be really clever and neat and, and it was going to really capture your attention and I was excited about it. And I got here and there were three really heavy prayer requests like right at the beginning. One of them was Diane and then there were two other ones. And the whole, the whole situation and the Holy Spirit changed in me. It moved. Does that make sense? And the whole service changed. Y'all may remember it. And, and that whole day and some of the week changed. I, f- I was very heavy and, and felt burdened for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just, it was what was happening. But I say that because I, I always want this church to do that, to always be led. It's something that, that we, we started doing with the worship team. We come in here and we submit the whole service to the Lord, if, whether we're going to worship the whole time, whether I'm going to speak, or whether we're just going to pray, whatever. We just submit the service to the Lord, even though it's His anyway. We we want to remind ourselves, renew our mind to this. This is this is your church. These are your people. It's not about me. And so I want to I remind you of that because I had an opportunity to be clever and do something, 
And I like doing that. I think it's fun sometimes. But at the same time, we need to remember to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what's going on. So when you get into situations, a lot of times we think we have the answers. We do. We think we, we've got it figured out because we're pretty smart. And you, a lot of you guys are very intelligent. Very intelligent, more than me. <laughs> but I'm telling you, submit yourself to the Holy Spirit and what's going on in there because what's paramount is that those people that you're praying for know that you care about them and know that you love them because that's what Christ tells us and that's what Paul's trying to tell everyone. is saying, I desire mercy over sacrifice. I desire more than your, your intellectual argument. You need to let them know that I love them and they need to know that you love them. Then you, we can get to that stuff later. We can get to the, to, the, to the tough stuff later. But he desires mercy over sacrifice, and he wants you to genuinely love them. And the only way that you can do it outside of yourself is through the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we pray right now that, that uh, you remind us as we go out of this place. Like I said, this is, the, this is the locker room before the game. This is the huddle before we go out. And so, Father, as we go out of this place, I, I want to encourage everyone in here, um, open your eyes. And open your ears, not just to those around you, but open your eyes and ears to the Holy Spirit that's with you all the time. Because it will show you, not it, He will show you things. Things that you can't see on your own and love that you don't have on your own and patience that you don't have on your own. And what's cool about that is you'll, you'll realize and wake up one day and go, wow, I feel a lot better. I'm happier. I'm at peace. I, I'm I'm." I'm comfortable loving people and praying for people because it's not by my own ability, but it's through the Holy Spirit that's with me. So, Father, renew our minds as we go out of this place. Um, this is who you are, and, uh, and we, want, we joyfully and gladfully submit to you. Father, just as you're going right now, I know you're already preparing divine intervention, your divine meetings and, and people for us to see and meet and speak to. Father, your Holy Spirit's already attracting them. It may take just a moment and a word to ignite that in them. Help us to see it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.